0: This episode of Tech Kamasala is brought to you by Godaddy.com. Enter the coupon code POD124 to get 10% off on all hosting plans. Go to Godaddy.theindikas.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Tech Masala's episode number 20 for the week of 12th July 2009, The G-Bomb. This is your host Aditya and along with me I have Sakit.
1: Hi guys.
0: Hey, so I think it's been a very exciting week to say the least. We have a lot of technology stories to talk about, a lot of good, interesting technology stories to talk about Sakit. In week. fact, there
1: have been so many technology stories breaking that I mean, you had trouble this time choosing which stories to talk about yeah in fact
0: that never happens that, that rarely happens and in fact this time companies have been trying to preempt each others announcements and make their announcements first for we we'll, we'll talk about the google story which is uh, which is the main story that uh, but let's start with the with the indian stories that we have apparently there is a new initiative uh, called uh, the, the the project has been titled crime and criminal tracking network and systems Uh, which has been passed and uh, it's worth 2,000 crore rupees and the basic uh, idea behind this project, to put it very, to oversimplify it is uh, to network 14,000 police stations, uh, 6,200 key government offices like the passport offices, immigration counters, as well as the courts that will be included in this network.
1: This has been in the works for a month, I guess, but it's only on July 8th that uh, the Planning Commission approved this, and... uh and this is quite an ambitious project I mean like I'm not quite sure as to uh, what is the technology behind it or how it is supposed to work but what this entails is uh, essentially criminal records will now become accessible in real time across the country so I mean if you commit a crime and if a police complaint is lodged against you like uh, at some place the information about that will be accessible via software so I mean people would be able to look up uh, uh, criminal antecedents or what kind of courts or cases are pending against the person I mean uh, from maybe like like a like a immigration counter or I mean in fact even uh, different police stations across different states. I mean, yeah, in fact, in fact, problems. you
0: know to to give you give you uh, sorry to cut you in there, socket, but to give you a very real life use case and this happened to me personally is I lost my wallet a couple of weeks back and I, and my license was in there and when I went to the police station to ask for a police complaint right you have to file an FIR and take that copy to the to the licensing authorities to RTO and they'll then only then they'll reissue a duplicate license so when I went to the police station they said that we first need a no objection certificate from the the local RTO office saying that no cases have been registered against my license number and until I get their NOC they won't be able to help me out so now how this particular project will help me is that if if I had gone after this project was implemented the guy sitting in police station would have simply put in my name and checked up if there were any uh, if I was defaulting or I didn't go for any particular court cases or for hearings he would immediately come to know.
1: And this is also a problem when you're trying to you know rent a new house so there is this whole new procedure of police verification so uh, I'm sure like this this should be
0: simpler. Yeah exactly and this is also I don't know if we mentioned it um, but um, the government has marked around 40,000 crore rupees for all these type of IT projects and uh, this is only one of them. And don't you think this, is, this will also be an important part in the, in the national IT project which Nandan Neelkani has joined for?
1: Yeah, this has to be tied into the National ID. Only then you will actually get some relevant stats or uh, reliable information. So, I'm sure the National ID projects and this thing can work very well in conjunction. So, I mean, the National ID project, in fact, being one of the prerequisites for something like this to, uh, you know, exist. I mean, developed countries already have this and I mean, we have got a huge problem with crime in our country and uh, uh, the cops need to have some tools wherein they are able to easily access information about anything with respect to criminal records.
0: And passing, passing and exchanging information as well between each other. So, you know, ne file move karo ye wo and all those things used to always take time. But then again, they have set up a very ambitious deadline for this. They say that uh, they are planning to complete this by 2011.
1: The act is quite ambitious, I mean a project of this scale and I mean they're talking about connecting all these police stations and government offices, I mean it, it might be very complicated, I mean uh, the technology involved, I don't know, it, it, it will have a lot of satellite uplinks and whatnot. and I, I don't know how they'll actually go about actually implementing it.
0: Yeah, think about the security things, uh, think security vulnerabilities that these guys will have to take care of. If such a system is passing information over the air, uh, it has to be really, really secure. Otherwise, any sort of data can be modified while you know um, over the air. Don't you think so?
1: Nevertheless, is like a good step towards it is. It
0: it is it is it is a very. Uh, I am surprised that this actually hasn't uh, yet been done. You know. So and uh, and also fourteen. I I'm guessing that India has more than fourteen thousand police stations. Uh, le- let's see if they are trying to just pilot it with a few police stations and then and uh, roll it up to all the police stations or what is going to happen. Now this is also going to have to uh, undergo a lot of retraining of personnel, right, who are going to be using these computers to feed in data and and all those things. So big, big project I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to another story and this might make Indians uh, a lot happier. Uh, facebook has launched a developer contest only for indians
1: this is, this is quite interesting i mean india used primarily used to be one of the uh, biggest places where Orkut was popular i mean facebook has been uh, making inroads to that and I mean, indians have been at it making facebook applications i mean uh, i mean full disclosure i mean uh, me as a part of my job have uh, developers in my team make facebook applications for clients so we've been doing that for like 2 years and, and many people out there who are actually doing this but uh, this is the first time facebook has actually recognized this and uh, tried to encourage it by holding this con, which has got uh, which, which essentially has got two categories facebook applications as well as uh, facebook connect integrations so and, and there are prizes in each category three prizes uh, 4000 dollars 2000 $ 1000 for, uh, for, $ for for all three winners
0: now okay you know very good initiative but you know i am a, a bit of conspiracy theorist what what is Facebook actually trying to achieve here by putting out this contest if you if you ask me what I think is that Facebook definitely has something up its sleeve okay first of all they must be having some sort of a project in mind where they are going to require a lot of good developers and that too for cheap okay now I, I look at this particular competition as a as almost like a virtual test to see if India is a place for them to set up an offshore development center. Because I don't, I don't see this particular contest as a way to get more uh, to, to expand Facebook's user base in India. Because for that, they'll simply just hire Dhoni and have them talk to people and get them onto Facebook like they have been doing using Airshell. So here, but don't you think that there is something more that they are going for here. It is not just a simple developer contest. This
1: is about platform wars in the end. I mean, there is Google, uh, which is trying to uh, buttress its way using Google Apps, Google Connect, all of that. And there is open social. So, And then, then again, there is the Facebook developer platform. So uh, it is more of a swipe that Facebook is taking at Google, given that uh, there is Orkut, and Orkut is quite popular among certain cases, but it hasn't been doing so well. So I mean, I think this is something Facebook wants to do to uh, you know, further push or- Orkut back.
0: But uh, so so that that's what I'm saying. Do you think that they are trying to just increase their user base or increase their footprint in India, or uh, or do they have some particular definite motive in their mind? Why why are they going behind the developer community? But India only has about what three million developers. Why do you really need need to go behind this three million people with with such a focus, with such a niche approach? I I, I really think that there is a lot more under this. You know, I I won't be surprised if Facebook and you remember Facebook. Uh, this guy Mark Zuckerberg had said that we might we might do an OS. So anyways, that's 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 what I think. I have been wrong on many occasions, and people say I'm crazy with all these thoughts. It it might just be another way to get uh, more people on board. So so let's move on. Let's move on before I get any other uh, ideas.
1: Facebook, I guess, another company is. Uh shining the light on India and trying to do India a good thing. I mean, Nokia has launched this, I mean, can we say India's first online music store?
0: E-Music has already been doing that. iTunes has been there um, in India, but this is an important uh, launch because it's being done by Nokia. But it is obvious that Nokia has the largest cell phone uh, user base in India. Okay so this is a very good fit for them as well.
1: Nokia is clearly a leading player in the mobile phone business and uh, they have a series of phones called Express Music so I mean they already have uh, I mean online stores in other countries and, and they are actually one of the, one of, one of the significant uh, music retailers in the world so they are just extending this to India and I mean they, 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 and they, it looks like they are following the iTunes model.
0: Yeah exactly they have a desktop based client for you know looking up music and then downloading it to your computer so uh, you know, there is nothing new out there in the delivery model. So it's, it, it, it's not something like you use a Nokia app on your cell phone and then download it using GPRS or anything like that. It is... No, it is
1: even that is in the works. I mean, if one were to believe the media number story, I mean, uh, I mean, Nokia is also hinting at the mobile app and there have been some screenshots up as well, but it is understood that uh, uh, this music store on the desktop is a developed product as such and uh, the app is still maybe alpha or beta, I guess.
0: For, for, for what I mean is that the, the desktop app is going to be the core client, okay? Yes. Just, just like Apple also has uh, the music iTunes on iPhone to buy music, etc., still iTunes is the place where they make, make you know, sell most of the music. So that is what I meant. Uh, so, for right now, they have signed up with all major labels, you know, and why not? You know, who? why would any of the labels want to get left behind? Universal Music is on board. Saregama, Sony, BMG, T-Series, all the Indian guys are there. So let's see as to how what the uptake is like. Uh, nama story, uh, the, the the review done by Nikhil, who who was on Techka Masala with us, has has mentioned that you know installing the software was a big pain for him.
1: Uh, it, it it requires a dot net framework and apparently a lot of drivers need to be installed one driver for the pc cable and many things so i am sure they're not doing so well there but uh, it it
0: uses it uses dot net framework right now xp did not come in with dot net framework now the dot net framework itself is about uh, uh, 200 mb plus download it, that itself is uh, that there, there are a lot of hurdles to in, get this installed if you now the so
1: concern seems to be DRM, that is, I mean, digital rights management. Oh, yeah. And while, while DRM has been big uh, abroad, I mean, in all these music stores, I mean, it was seen two years back that, uh, or maybe a year back, that uh, uh, DRM was suddenly looked down upon by all these major software, uh, music sellers. Okay,
0: what is and DRM, uh, first of all, Sakit? Because, you know, I think mol- uh, many of our listeners might not be aware of it.
1: The, the DRM stands for digital rights management, which seeks to uh, restrict how freely you may copy content that you have downloaded from these online music stores. I mean, the primary concern being piracy. I mean, so you can download these uh, songs, and then you can give them to me, and I will give them to other people. So it means that it means lost sales to these uh, music vendors. So they put in place these systems which uh, uh, restrict the user from playing uh, the music only in a certain manner. It's like in certain cases the music can only be played, played using the software which is, uh, which is uh, designed to play that. Right. Uh, and it can be only burned to certain devices. Uh, the, the, there are like a lot of restrictions there. So it's not like free MP3 files which you can just copy anywhere and do whatever you want to do with them. So I mean, for example, it may not play in your car, things like that.
0: Right. So, the, the thing about DRM is that there is no standard. Everyone has their own DRM system. Everyone has their own way of doing managing these music files, which which gets annoying very quickly.
1: It should be noted that uh, I mean, iTunes lost its DRM, as well as uh, the Amazon Music Store, which sells MP3s uh, without DRM and, and so many other, others. So, I mean, internationally, there is a movement against DRM, and it's more about trusting the users, per se. Right. But I, I guess they can't say that for India, because I mean, <laughs> there are people in the... We exclusively pilot music, don't we? I mean, I, I don't remember buying any music off late.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But the other other um, reason for that, which I've been saying, is that there is no place where I can buy music. Until recently, I couldn't buy music off of iTunes because of some RBI issues about using Indian credit cards, etc. So, but yeah, I, I agree with uh, what you say that Indians probably cannot be as trusted as people abroad we are just not used to paying for music probably so so this this particular drm uh is is basically based on the microsoft uh, drm and surprise surprise you cannot sync the music that you have downloaded from the nokia music store onto your ipods
1: yeah no ipods please
0: that is ridiculous now isn't it
1: yeah, and that is ridiculous. Uh, another thing which is ridiculous is that uh, uh, while it allows you to burn your music to a CD, you can only burn a maximum of maximum of ten CDs. I mean, which is not the case with uh, iTunes DRM or I mean uh, others.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that is how pe- people used to bypass those uh, DRMs. You know, burn it to a CD and then rip that CD. But but you know, I am I am I am okay. Uh, but then this is, this is something that I, I am saying uh, personally, I'm okay with the maximum of number of 10 CDs because I have never in my life burnt more than uh, a song on, you know, more than five CDs. I've never done that. But when you tell me you cannot sync your song onto your iPod, that is, I cannot use this. I cannot use Nokia Store because of this one simple reason. And I guess
1: this is like a, a, a very good first step for Nokia. I hope they get wiser.
0: Yeah, but this is, this is like, uh, see, uh, you know, you can see that it's a very good step. It's a first step and it's good, but it's a step in the wrong direction, right? Because, because most of your iPod users are going, that's your target market. That's your target market for online music purchases. And if you are going to alienate them, they're only going to find ways of getting these songs onto the iPods.
1: Uh, I guess Nokia would rather people use the Express Music phones instead of iPods for listening to personal music. I mean, Yeah, to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to sell their hardware as well, I think. But yeah, enough, enough of uh, that rant from me. Let's go on to the main story for this episode, which is which is the G bomb. Uh, so Google has dropped the G bomb on Microsoft, announcing that it will be coming out will, with a new operating system for netbooks. Uh, which will be based on the Chrome browser as, as the front end.
1: Yes, believe it or not, I mean, Google is finally launching an operating system. So this kind of completes their software stack. I mean, they've already always had uh, uh, I mean, all these online services, and then they had a browser. And, and uh, now they have something on which they can run the browser. So, so it basically completes the whole ecosystem. And although they're saying that initially it will work only on netbooks, Chrome OS, as this is going to be built, uh, will also then move on to full-fledged desktop computers as well. So this is a threat to Microsoft.
0: A direct threat to Microsoft, a direct entry into, you know, uh, their territory. So it's, I'm very excited actually to see how this thing goes on because this happened 10 years back with the browser wars and Microsoft, we know what happened to Netscape. I want to see how Microsoft reacts to this threat because this is, this is like almost a battle cry, right? To, to Microsoft yes. So this this, so really that this is going to be
1: released in late 2010. I guess uh, Windows 7 will already be out by then, and I think Microsoft will have some chance to convince the marketplace that no, they don't need another operating system, but nevertheless this is a very clear, definitive threat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now now actually we understand how important Windows 7 success was. Because if, imagine if Vista was coming out and Google had made this announcement. Imagine the stock prices that would have dropped, etc. Imagine, well, you know, how, how people would have... The reactions would have been completely different. Yeah,
1: yeah very much. Yeah, so, so this... So to give some technical details on this, I mean, uh, Chrome OS is going to be open source, just like uh, Google Chrome. Okay. And uh, what it does is that it adds a windowing environment on top of the Linux kernel, So I mean you already have the Linux kernel running with different windowing environments like Junom or KDE. So what they want to do here is they want to add their own minimal windowing environment and the UI is exclusively going to consist of uh, the Chrome browser running on top of this system and the key uh, focus is to get the user on the web as as possible.
0: Oh, so and and that is and now then as you said it completes their environment. Now Google Docs uh, Gmail and all the all the other applications that they have been building out make sense now even more.
1: Yeah, given that Google Docs and all these things are available offline uh, are yeah, gears. I mean, right. Even though this is uh, a cloud-only OS, I mean, uh, it, this is like a classic case of Google putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, uh, cloud computing and all, has been all the rage, and we've been talking about cloud-based OSs and so on and so forth. But and this is, uh, I, I mean, this is Google's first step to actually make that a reality. I mean, there are concerns like uh, what will happen if you go offline. I mean, then the whole thing will fall flat on its face, but you already have gears and we are thinking that uh, Google will also extensively use HTML5, uh, which which enables creation of uh, private I mean, databases which uh, applications can use in-house so in a sense it is also very similar to palms uh, system so uh, palm has got this system where they have got this web OS so yeah. all the applications which are actually built are you built using uh, X HTML and JavaScript so that's that's pretty much what will happen here it's like uh, those browser specific websites which came up I mean there are these uh, mobile websites for the iPhone so they uh, the websites actually uh, take advantage of the iPhone's hardware and offer a user experience more enhanced than what uh, an ordinary desktop user can and which is more customized to the iPhone so Google Chrome uh, OS apps are also be something like that
0: right exactly and and that that is what is uh, going to make it more exciting but on another thought here this this uh, OS is being uh, is being talked about as as something against Microsoft okay nobody has yet come out and said uh, what's going to happen to the Mac OS what's going to happen to Linux what I think is going to happen is that First Google is going to eat up into Linux ka market share. Then it's going to be Mac and then Windows. You have, I don't see people who are using Windows jumping onto Chrome OS. But I definitely do see people like you who are using Linux right now or Mac jumping and trying out Chrome OS. You know what I, I mean? Because, because Windows is more consumer. Windows is more like what my sister would use. More, much more, uh, you know, low tech people. They just want it to work. Sorts.
1: No, but the, the, the line that the Google has been towing is that even with Chrome OS, they just want it to work. So it's like you, anybody, I mean, even your sister can use Gmail, can't she? So by giving her a, a very easy-to-use browser-based system, they might just change that in, in the sense that Mac, I feel, is not much a threat here because uh, initially Google Chrome plans to only hit the netbook market and essentially the cheap PCs market. So that is a market that Apple has never been in so and yeah, but you now,
0: see see to... uh, sakit you mentioned make it as simple as gmail and um, and all those things the, another uh, point i want to raise is that uh, google has never done a client based software okay when i say client based bole software on that resides on your computer and and works from there you know they have never booted their uh, applications
1: but there is google talk uh, of course i mean doesn't yeah that, yeah uh, i
0: mean i mean google you know le, i mean google talk is, is just a chat application i can sit down for a week and, and write that on a jabber client okay so i'm not talking about uh, those sort of applications uh, google so far has excelled in server based environments they have excelled where they have complete control over uh, what their what their software is going to be running on you know, so the servers are there, they know the configurations, they know how the servers are going to react, and then they are running their software on it. That is what Google search is all about. That is what uh, Google Apps is all about, and Gmail, etc. But now, now, when they see that they are going to put out an OS, which is going to be running on on so many different hardwares, they are talking yeah. about HP, Acer, you know, and, and all those guys, it, it's a different ballgame, it's a different case. You know, uh, there someone is making a hardware. They have to write a, a driver for them. You don't know. Uh, now those guys make a firmware change. You don't know what their impact is going to have your on your Chrome uh, OS. So think it's much more complicated, I feel. And Microsoft yes, has done this yes, for yes, an. Chrome OS is
1: definitely a lot more complicated than actually having a browser out, like a, I mean, Google Chrome or even having a chat client out, as you rightly pointed.
0: I mean, but, for God's sakes, they, they don't they don't have Chrome for Mac as yet. Or Linux, I mean... Or Linux. Linux, What? what is holding them back? I mean, you know, that uh, if that is taking them this long, imagine, I mean, I just don't know if Google has the bandwidth to do all these things.
1: But then they have signed up with Acer, Adobe, Asus, uh, Freescale, uh, HP, and Lenovo. I mean, I mean uh, in fact... Uh, So, I mean, there are so many uh, netbook manufacturers that they seem to have signed up and uh, looks like they've got like a year's time to get all the drivers in place. So, I mean, Linux on the netbook has already made some good progress with, uh, you know, driver compatibility. So, and given that a big name like Google is behind this, so uh, I'm guessing that they're hoping that that itself should help uh, to bring around all these manufacturers and solve the driver problem. And as you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, running a desktop system is much more difficult than actually having uh, having the something like Gmail out because it runs on their servers. So, I mean, that's the whole idea behind Chrome OS in the first place. I mean, and all the major applications which matter anyway will reside on Google's uh, ecosystem. I mean.
0: Yeah, but but uh, here's another thing, right? I always, I'll, I'll, somewhere everyone knew that Google is going to come up with an OS sometime or the other. But I, I was thinking that the Android system was going to be there. And uh, what I was thinking was Google would go in with their Android you know, make a mark, establish themselves on on handsets, on mobile phones first, and then grow that application to take it to networks. Doesn't that make more sense?
1: I'm sure, sure there is some intertwining between Android and uh, Google Chrome OS. I mean, uh, I mean they've already said that these things are not the same, but there will be some similarity. I'm sure, sure they will uh, share some code. I mean, there are people who are actually uh, running an Android or netbooks successfully, so. If Android can run on network, then I'm sure, I mean, a Chrome OS, which is specifically built for the x86 uh, architecture, can as well.
0: Yep, yep. Let's see now. We can always talk about whether this is going to play out go- well for Google or not. That remains to be seen. Uh, Another point I wanted to
1: make here was that uh, amongst the partners, there is Adobe. So you might also have Adobe Air-based applications in a big way on this OS. I mean, given that uh, Adobe is also backing them.
0: Oh... I mean, it's just it's just going to be so much more complicated than what they are doing right now. And I just hope that they, they are able to pull something off, because it's always go- good to have competition, as I've said. So, let's see, yeah. let's see. In the meantime, let's move on to the next story. Uh, HTML5 uh, has dropped the open source video codec from its um, standards. And, uh, and
1: This is, I think, bittersweet. I mean, this is both good and bad at the same time, I think. I mean... Um, This is actually a lot more complicated than it seems. So uh, uh, I I think we should start by telling our listeners that uh, HTML5 is the next logical extension to uh, XHTML. I mean, it's like right now the web runs on something called XHTML 1.0 or XHTML 1.0. Just, uh, this is just uh, a syntax that is used to program things and it has got certain features. So and there has been some confusion on what will succeed HTML. So there were two contenders. There was HTML 2.0 and then there is HTML5. So now officially HTML5 has been announced as the, um, the, the markup language for the web of the future. And one of the key elements of HTML5 was uh, uh, the ability to support audio and video natively.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, and, and what, what this is basically... You know, to, to very put it very uh, bluntly, if you are an end user customer, you won't, you won't notice a lot of difference, right? But if you're a developer, this was supposed to make your life a lot more easier.
1: Yes, because now people use Adobe Flash. I mean, I mean there are different kinds of F- FLV players out there for playing video. And then by default, if you try to uh, include Flash into a page, it kind of becomes heavy. There, are, there can be memory leaks. So what this does is that it creates a tag called the video tag in HTML. Right. So just like how you reference images inside your documents, you can also reference video. That, that seemed to be the in- initial premise.
0: Yeah and so what now what has happened is that all these browsers various different browsers firefox now this was a big deal for firefox and opera they were pushing for this open source video codec uh, standard but then apple comes in um, and say, and they they, were, they really weren't, uh, they really did not want it to be uh, the case they were um, uh, firefox and opera were pushing og vorbis which is a file video file format which is based on an open source uh, community it is developed by an open source community they wanted that format to be used in as the standard for the video tag which apple did not like it wanted to that h.264 should be used instead of og forbis uh, uh
1: let me make a point here i mean this does not mean that html5 is going to lose the video tag uh, I mean the question here was uh, um, HTML5 having inbuilt support for video. So inbuilt support meant actually specifying what video codec should be used. So I mean as Aditya said, I mean the, the battle was between Aug uh, Theora which is like an open source codec and H.264 which is owned by the MPEG4 group. So uh, it was proposed that Aug Theora be used as the default codec in HTML5 because I mean it was free and uh, so, so it, everybody would be able to use it unencumbered. But uh, Apple was not liking this, so I mean, uh, broadly the browser camp was divided on these lines. So you had Mozilla who was supporting have, and even the Firefox 3.5 supports Theora but does not support two six four. Opera also in the same case. Uh, Google, interestingly, was supporting both two six
0: four and Ogtheora. What uh, What Chrome is going to do is it's going to support both.
1: Yeah, Chrome supports both, and and Apple of course supports only H.264 because they have, I mean, their interests, and uh, they think that QuickTime X has to be the next. Uh Technology platform, and at the same time, they think that uh, Opus, even though it might be an open source codec, I mean, it has got performance issues. I mean, in the sense yeah. that uh, the c- um, amount of data it consumes and the kind of c- the quality of video it delivers, it's slightly inferior to H.264. I mean, that, that that's quite public in the sense that H.264, as of now, is the most efficient video codec out there, hmm. but it comes with the added baggage of patents. So, I mean, like if you want to use an, H- an H.264 decoder in your application, you have to pay a royalty to the MPEG-4 group. I mean, right. That's what so, so,
0: so it's, it's basically a trade-off between licensing fees and performance and hence it, a decision, a, a unanimous decision could not be reached um, and they have gone ahead with both of the formats. So no standards have been set. Barabar?
1: No, they, they have said that we will not specify what coded to you. So it's like how you have what images on the web. So an image can be a GIF, it can be a JPEG, it can exactly. be a PNG. So, just like that, I mean, uh, there is a video element, but at the same time, uh, the codec has not been specified at all. So, it is assumed that... Uh, you are uh, going to define uh, it. Uh, yeah, whatever, I mean, like, you, you put, up a, put up a video file and hope that the user system supports that video format.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, well, let's uh, see what... I think, I, think just, um, I think just providing support for both makes very logical sense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm not too uh, disappointed by this, because I think uh, uh, the HTML5 spec itself, specifying what codec to use, uh, uh, curtails the freedom of web developers in a certain way. I mean, yeah. there are certain people who might want to use uh, Windows Media for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> whatever. So,
0: <laughs> so what you, about that? So you that. had a condescending tone there. Yeah, so, so I think
1: uh, they've done the right thing by staying out of these uh, codec walls. Uh, and I'm sure, like eventually, I mean, support for Aug Theora as well as uh, support for uh, uh, H.264 is going to, uh, I, mean, I mean, increase. Uh, there is little hope of Linux systems getting support for H.264, but there is still hope of uh, the Aug Theora codec be- getting better. Right. And once they reach a certain threshold, I mean, even Apple will include it. I mean, right now they're saying that there is no hardware support. So, yeah. given that if you use a mobile phone to browse a video, uh, I mean, an HTML5 video, uh, the mobile phone hardware itself does not support uh, hardware uh, decoding. So, mm-hmm. that puts more pressure on the CPU of the phone. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so I mean, from that perspective as well, if Optiora gets better, I mean, uh, this could go either way.
0: So let's see, let's, so let's again wait and see what happens and probably in the, in the, in the future revisions of HTML, uh, uh standards, this might come up again, this, so, so let's, let's wait until then, and, um, uh, how often, now, now you have been, uh, you know, into development, etc. cetera, have a team, manager team, how often do these revisions actually happen, when, when, when did XHTML come out?
1: Uh, I think, uh, we've been using XHTML as far as I can remember, I think it came back, uh, uh, came out sometime in the end of the 90s, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, was it
0: was. was uh, I, I was going to say more than five years, but it, it's definitely it it definitely is more than five years,
1: sir. Yeah, it is more than five years, and uh, honestly speaking, these things are pretty slow to actually get implemented. I mean, uh, uh, there has been XHTML uh, and then there has been XHTML 1.1, 1. 1. and beyond that, I mean, there have been talks and talks and talks on XHTML FHT, 2.0. And, and nothing has come out. I mean, even with HTML5, uh, even, uh, even it is in a draft state. So yeah. we don't know when exactly this spec is going to become final. And at the same time, even when it becomes final, how long will Microsoft take to support it? Be- because, I mean, all this talk of HTML5 and everything else falls flat as long as Microsoft is still the dominant browser in the world. Uh,
0: I, I was just going to say, all this talk depends on if I is going to give their nod or no. You know, And they seem to be strangely silent on this. Silent on this. I haven't read anything about them talking about this particular thing. So they might completely have some other ideas and might ruin the party at the end of it. It's like, let, let the small kids play and then I'll go and, uh, you know, mess things up. So it, that'll be really funny if that happens.
1: Well, not for long because I think IE is also, uh, as you might have read, they're rapidly losing market share. I mean, it's the last stats counter report is to be believed. I mean, IE right now only enjoys. I mean, all versions of IE combined have got 59% market share, whereas uh, Firefox has got a whopping 30%. I mean, and others making up the rest. So wow, I mean,
0: that that's a big drop from somewhere in the 90s to what it is right now
1: yeah so, so if uh, the market share of other standards compliant browsers goes up in the coming times then you might uh, see html5
0: happening faster but then don't you think that there might be a critical point where uh, you know the market is going to stabilize itself for example when it was at 90 microsoft could only have lost market share it could not have gained any more market share beyond a point but not beyond yeah. that
1: yeah, it's like when you reach the top you can only look down so, to have some sort of healthy competition in the market, I think 30% to 35% market share for each of the major browsers is like an ideal scenario for us consumers.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, that was, uh, those were the stories that we had for this episode. Now, it's time for some updates uh, from a few stories that we have covered in the past. Uh, remember Savithabhavi.com, Saket's favorite site? Well, the founder has come out and identified himself. And his name is Puneet Agarwal, a 38-year-old businessman. Second-generation businessman from the UK, apparently. Yeah. So he's come out and he said that I've come out because I want to uh, contest this particular ban in India. Uh, So let's see. Let's see what happens. It'll be really sad if he still loses the suit because, you know, he has come out with his identity, etc. I don't have very high hopes for him. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So we'll keep on updating you guys with any other stories that we have we have spoken about earlier. Uh, but uh, before we end the show, let's uh, let's talk about the email that we received this week. Yeah. So a few episodes back, and this is Akhil writing in from Gurgaon, He says a few episodes back, Sakit had mentioned that there are ways to bypass office restrictions. That is, he's talking about network restrictions. Uh, with the current downtime, uh, there is not a lot of work in the office, and network limitations drive me crazy. I can't get to blogs or any social networks. Even IndiCast is banned since it is categorized as streaming and media services.
1: Please help me. So that is interesting. I mean, Akhil, you don't need to give any justification for uh, wanting to goof off at work. I mean, all <laughs> of us do that. I do that. I think I'm sure Aditya does that too. So. Yeah. So, uh, so to address your question, I mean, uh, of course, you can ac- access a lot of uh, proxy services. I mean, uh, w- uh, one that I use is called hidemyapps.com, <laughs> a very interesting name.
0: <laughs> very aptly named. <laughs>
1: a very aptly named uh, proxy, but that, but that's not it. I mean, there are so many other websites. Uh, there is Anonymizer. So uh, one choice is actually using a browser-based proxy. So there are these sites where you go there, you enter the URL, and they fetch the URL for you, and show that to you. But then there are chances that even that uh, itself might be blocked. I mean, If your office is going to the trouble of blocking uh, these other websites, yeah. I'm sure they would have blocked all these proxies as well. So the other option you have is uh, using something called Tor. TOR stands for The Onion Router. So, so this is a project which is, I mean, again, open source. And this involves people donating their bandwidth for other people who are basically locked out by the government restrictions or, or, in your case, yeah. uh, your office. So, so what this does is that it reroutes your internet traffic through a different uh, pathway so that the block becomes ineffective. So, so, so effectively, you're not using your office's internet at all. I mean, you're using somebody else's internet.
0: Oh... But uh, but also this might require a few ports to be opened, or is it based on HTTP?
1: So this is based on HTTP. But uh, again, I mean, you never know what kind, what degree of blocking uh, yeah. the organization has done. I mean, uh, in in most cases, uh, when people actually block these sites, they don't really go the full hog. I mean, they always leave something or the other open. So so it's better to actually snoop around and find out that where you can. You know, take this. I mean, for example, in our office, uh, Gmail could not be accessed uh, via HTTP. But if you actually went to HTTPS and then <laughs> put in the Gmail URL, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It, it opened up fine. So I mean, uh, so and eventually, I mean, we even figured out a method to uh, install Linux on a spare machine and then run a proxy server on it, and the whole and half of the office used to use that server. And, nice. Uh, no, nobody else was wise. So.
0: Good and I guess and I guess the person who did uh, did all this got a got a good appraisal.
1: Uh, no, I was one of the people involved in setting <laughs> this
0: up. Uh, it wasn't very. It wasn't taken kindly.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't taken kindly.
0: Ah uh, well, but you can always try it out and but do email us and tell what happened to you after you did that. Okay, you can email us at uh, techkamasala at theindicas dot com to tell how how it went and also for any other queries that you might have. Uh, apart from that, um, those were the topics that we had for this episode. You can go on to www.theindicas.com to get other previous episodes or to comment on whatever we spoke uh, in, this, in this episode. Beyond that, uh, I am available at twitter.com slash AC I am available at uh,
1: twitter.com slash Yeah,
0: yeah. Please go there and follow us both. Okay. And um, that's, that's about it from my side. Uh, Saket, you want to plug anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: ब्रह्मा विष्णु we should दे